Hello. 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 All the bandwidth went to transcendent connection lost. There was a problem with the network. Ah. You know, we really should put some of this stuff in the show. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Model Car Podcast. I'm Justin. And I'm John. And today we're going to be covering the topic of glues. Before we start though, let's get on to fresh paint, news from the hobby. So John, I saw there was a video coming out uh, from the Tamiya booth at the Nuremberg show. A few re-releases coming out. Uh, looks like there's some newer things that they're going to be pushing this year. How did you, anything out of there grab your fancy and really uh, call out to you? Well, I suppose, well, I've got, I've got the AMG Mercedes, which is a very nice kit. Kind of pricey for what it is, but where else are you going to get an AMG Mercedes race car? Mm -hmm. And of course, as we've discussed before, there's the Ford GT, but yeah, I've got Ravel's at 15 or $20 and well, yeah, I guess I'm going to be cheap on that. <laughs> The uh, AMG Mercedes, I've never actually seen one in person. Um, is, is it just purely a, a race car, or is it uh, a street convert as well? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, assuming it's the same one that I'm thinking it is, I forget. I did see the video, but it was you know probably two weeks ago, and I don't recall now. But as far as I know, it was it's the same car. It's it's essentially a curbside race car, so that means the finish go you know work goes into the finish, which is fine. <laughs> but it also <laughs> means that there's not a lot of detail underneath the hood. Yeah, it looks like a pretty easy finish. It uh, the the sample that they showed had a satin finish on there, satin clear by the looks of it. Yeah, satin satin gunmetal finish, something like that. Yeah, it looks it looks very nice. Uh, I'm assuming it's probably a curbside, uh, but a very attractive looking car. Yep, it is, and they make the uh, that color in a spray can, so there's shouldn't be any challenge and. Getting it painted. Uh, that color, uh, do you have to clear coat it with a flat, or is it, does it come out clear? No, it's it's a satin. It's a satin finish, so uh, you're good to go just right out of the spray can. I don't think I've even seen that color uh, on the on the shelf. Oh, I've got it. <laughs> I've got it. I don't know where it is at the moment, but I've got it. <laughs> uh, which is that? Is that one of the newer ones? Because I know they come up with often new new paints for. Yes, there you go. TS-100, semi-gloss bright gunmetal. Huh, I haven't seen that. I'm going to have to talk to my local hobby shop. There you go. <laughs> I'm sure I can find lots of uses for that color. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I imagine, you know, I'll find other uses for it after I've painted the body on the race car. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the other thing that was nice to see, the Lotus Type 78 from 1977. It's a re-release, but they're bringing it out with photo etch parts in, in the kit this time. Looks like a, a nice little kit. If you're a fan of uh, vintage Formula One. Yeah. Have you ever been to the Montreal Grand Prix? Never been to the Grand Prix. Every time I go into the city, I go right past the track, but <laughs> that's not the same as going to the race. <laughs> the Circuit de Gilles Villeneuve, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Villeneuve. Gilles Villeneuve. Circuit Gilles Villeneuve. Yes. Uh, uh, great racer. I remember seeing him in... Mr. Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw him in Long Beach in probably, what was it, 1981, 1982, something like that. 
as a young kid and uh, yep. we were set right by the hairpin. He came out of the hairpin, got on it a little too hard, spun the car, kept his foot into the spin, did a 360 right in front of us and then just roared off. <laughs> and it was just amazing to see. I still remember that all these years later. They don't do that anymore. <laughs> he was, he, he really was a special breed, especially to anybody, anybody who's uh, into racing and living in Quebec. So uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I wasn't even Canadian at that point, and he impressed me that much. Uh, I noticed also that uh, we'll, we'll get on to kind of the highlight of that, the new kit that they've announced, but uh, they've got three re-releases or car or bike models that they're pushing this year. The Ninja H2R, which I believe came out last year. I've looked at it, um, couldn't pull the, pair, the pin on it at the price. They've got a Yamaha R1M which I'm not sure is a new kit or an older kit. It's a uh, newer, the R1 is their, the Yamaha 1000cc uh, racing bike hmm. or street bike racing bike. I'm not sure what the M is. I'm, I'm more into cruisers than I am street bikes, but uh, that kind of looks like a street bike from what uh, I saw in the video. And the one that actually did call out to me as a cute build that I can actually see myself doing is the Honda Monkey, which is like an original 1950s, 1960s era, uh, little Honda uh, scooter almost. It's it's kind of like a, a cute little beach bike, I think, that Honda came into. Uh, it looks like a little fun kit that would be fun to put together. Um, they, Tamir also released on their Facebook their new kit, the pictures of their new kit that's coming up. It's a Toyota Gazoo Racing uh, TS-050 hybrid and i believe that's uh Le Mans hybrid car um it's a full racing car with fins and everything like that any any thoughts on that one john sure looks interesting but i can imagine the price will be interesting too so uh yeah no not not at this time for me but it sounds like something that could get my attention let's put it that way i i like it uh, i'm not sure it, it's one of those that uh, I'm, I'm not sure i would ever take the time to build I have a few of those Le Mans style kits sitting on my on my uh, stash ready to go, but uh, if I could find them, I'm not sure they would make it to the to the top of the pile of things that I want to build right away. Uh, it does look like a neat kit though, and I'm not sure what kind of details are going to come with it. Uh, very complicated color scheme though. It looks like it could be certainly challenging. <laughs> Challenge, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> If somebody did it in full size, somebody can do it in a model. That's all I got to say. Just makes it a bit more challenging. Yes, it's whether the somebody is me. <laughs> uh, one thing that I did like and I saw uh, pictures of in in the Nuremberg uh, display was the metallic lacquer paints that they were coming out with. They've got it. Uh, it looks like it's for some of the uh, airplane parts uh fairings and things like that on airplanes i don't know what fair what parts come on airplanes besides wings and engines but uh they they really looked metallic uh i think they showed three different colors but they looked really good i was quite impressed with them i use the uh model master stuff but i think that has been largely discontinued now um so i, I have some alclad stuff but that's always a little more challenging to use uh so this may be a good airbrushable option for people that want a, a, a nice metallic 
lacquer paint to airbrush. Yeah, it sure. It sure sounds interesting. I can't. I, I wish I say. I wish I could say I'd noticed it in the video, but I didn't. So, oh well. <laughs> yeah, it, look, it looked like it was on a plain uh, nacelle or something like that that they okay. were they were doing parts of it and kind of blended it in. Look pretty neat. If you're anyway, I think it's right after the part where they cover the. Uh, the the automotive subjects before they get onto I might be they lost my attention <laughs> they moved on to the RC stuff and all the rest that I don't build so yeah no I don't do RC either but aircraft can be interesting but in RC no thanks no <laughs> Ravel Germany uh, I I noticed they're obviously trying to do something a little different they're offering pre built kits uh, they started off with, uh, I can't even remember what it was now. And the the Isetta 250. I think it's a large scale, 18 scale. Yep, it's 118 scale, two different colors. <laughs> yep, there. 129 euros. Which is a lot more than $130 Canadian. So. <laughs> I don't know if it's worth it. It's I guess it, de- guess it would depend on the subject matter if you really need an Isetta in 118 scale and... For me, it would depend, you know, just how good is their paint job on that? And what are they really making it out of? Is it plastic? Is it metal? Is it... I, it looked to me like it was a plastic kit. Unfortunately, it was on the Ravel Germany website. Uh, so it was kind of a little hard to navigate and figure out too much information. Uh-huh. Well, but uh, yeah, 129 euros. I, I'm, I'm sure I can't build a kit for 129 euros of my time. And I'm pretty sure you're the same way. Probably not, but and then there's then there becomes a question of subject matter. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of gets into that that debate of are you into collecting diecasts and all different models of of all subjects, or are you into the process of building? And I think both of us are focused perhaps a little bit more on the building, more building. Yeah, and I'm sitting here looking at the Rebel Germany website, and it says they are high-quality zinc die-casting for pleasantly heavy, heavily haptics. Yeah, okay, so you just want the weight of the, the, weight of the metal to give, it, to give the model some heft. That's just to make you feel like you've got your 129 euros full of worth. Yeah, that's, yeah that'd be part of it. Oh, not that long. This the, the 60 Chevy has only been around, or am I thinking 60? No, the 60 Chevy. I built one, say, 15, 20 years ago. That's not that old, and I thought it was new then, so, but I could be wrong. <laughs> 15, 20 years. Okay, yeah, it's it's new <laughs> okay. as far as technology and... In, in, uh... Yeah, that that's it. It's new. It's not like the, it was tooled in the 1960s, so in my book, that makes it new. <laughs> All right. And then I, I threw in something that may appeal to some of our listeners. Uh, I, I, one of my other hobbies is uh, pens and paper, and I do a lot of uh, fountain pen writing. I came across this really neat ball, rollerball uh, pen that is designed after a 1957 Chevy. 
Chevy Bel Air. Hmm. It's uh, a robin's egg blue pen with chrome accents. So if you actually look at the pen, it has the wings on the side, the chrome wings or the that the the Chevy had. It has uh, the little details from the hood and everything like that. If you're really nostalgic, uh, it's it's just a fantastic retro style pen uh, to the point that I it actually had me looking for my 57 Bel Air to dig out and think about painting the same color <laughs> just so I have the two of those together. Yeah, because of course you can't resist the pen. <laughs> yeah, I started with the pen and then had to build there. And then I realized a flock is about... Uh, Maybe seven or eight years ago, I, I went through this process of cataloging my kit storage, my stash, into a spreadsheet. Um, and this is only something that a geek like me would think of doing. <laughs> but I had this brilliant idea because I have a lot of shelves and some of them are not particularly accessible because I live in a small house and I have a lot of kits. You know how that goes. No, no, I haven't got the foggiest how that goes. <laughs> exactly. So I, uh, I came up with this solution. I have all those uh, big, wide uh, plastic shelving units from Home Depot. And I have uh, maybe 10 of those around the house with different kits on them. I, and I came up with this great idea of saying, okay, well, I'm going to number these and... Uh, number the shelves and I will put down what kit is on what shelf, uh, which is great because I knew exactly what those numbers meant when I had done this process probably yeah, seven or eight years ago. I came back to that this time wanting to pull something out from sort of the deep, dark, dark, lost recesses of my stash and realized I can't remember how I numbered all of my shelving units. So I know it's on shelf number one. <clears throat> Yes, but where which shelving unit has shelf number one? And, hmm. and the problem is, how do I, my my shelving units are in wedged in a corner of of my modeling room that are three deep and not really accessible. Basically, in order to get to the back shelving unit, I have to pull everything out off the other two shelving units, oh. and I only have about eighteen inches between them to get in and pull everything out. So this was a brilliant idea when I thought of it, but trying to actually find something all these years later, I spent an hour the other day trying to figure this out and I'm still confused. So uh, <laughs> there, I think this is a, a topic for another show, but oh my gosh, I got to do something with my stash, figure out a way to catalog it better. Yeah. Well, you see with mine, they're uh, like you, most of them are on uh, shelves, but I guess I've got a bit more space in my basement than you do, so I can get access to the shelves basically from one side or both sides, and there's no conflict of interest, so <laughs> I can walk around. <laughs> yes, I, and and this is why I'm jealous. Uh, I'm not allowed to have kits. You know, I have, I, I'll admit though, my wife is really great. She lets me, so this is in my model room. I ran out of space. I do have three uh, shelving units on my side of the bedroom that are full of kits. Uh, but I'm really pushing it if I want to get any more uh, <laughs> kits. I kind of have to mix and match and slide things around, trying to f squeeze them in. Well, it could be. You could look at it another way. I need to build quicker? You could just... Yeah, that, yeah there you go. Build more... Have more finished models. So <laughs> they take up less space. <laughs> yes. 
that's another story of where do I put them when I'm finished. But let's we'll we'll, we'll talk about that on another episode. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, what have you been working on, John? I I saw that you've uh, got uh, uh, another project finished. Yeah, in the past two weeks, I finished off my Tamaya 2013 Subaru BRZ and my Revo of Germany uh, 2016 McLaren 570S. And I'm very thankful they finally got off the bench because they started being on the bench last August. So, <laughs> but they're done. <laughs> Excellent. How was how the building process on both of those? I'm assuming the Tamiya went together quite nicely. Oh, so the Tamiya, the, yeah, the Tamiya I had zero problems with. The Revel Germany is a bit more complicated, to, but there's a, you know, it's, there's, <laughs> there's a whole lot of car and not a whole lot of space when it comes to the McLaren. So yeah, there's, it, it's kind of tight in a few places, but it's together. It's not creaking or groaning. I don't need to worry about it coming apart just from looking at it or anything. So yeah, it's, it's there. It's, I'm done. <laughs> Is that uh, is that a full uh, detail kit or just uh, an insert for the engine? The uh, Tamaya kit, the BRZ, is like a three quarters detail kit. You know, the the chassis is fairly undetailed, but it may well be that way on the on the full size car, and it includes something for an engine that you add pieces to. I don't say it's a full engine, but uh, yeah, there's something there. <laughs> and that has an opening an opening hood so you can actually see that. That's right. That's right. Uh, the McLaren, the McLaren does not have an opening hood, but it is molded and clear, although you're expected to put a carbon fiber decal over it. So while there is an engine there and it is more detailed than what's in the BRZ, you really can't see a lot of it on the finished build. So <laughs> as for, you know, the, the McLaren does have a smooth underbody and it's a McLaren. I expect that from that car. So... <laughs> I believe that has opening doors as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, not so much opening doors, but you can build the kit one way or the other with both doors open or both doors shut or a combination of that. As I don't, I ended up gluing the passenger door closed and the driver's door open because I didn't think I could just leave a door loose and it would stay on the body. I said, no, that's not going to work. So <laughs> it went together. Excellent. And I think you, you'd mentioned that you had some challenges with the decals in the kit and switched those out, right? I did. The As I said before to other people, the, the Revel Germany kit decals were looked and went initially went down beautifully. Mind you, not perfect because being carbon fiber, it should not have a glossy finish, and the decals did. So I was like, well, yeah, but it fits, and it's going down nice. So, yeah, unfortunately... I left, I left the model, came back a little while later, and the decal hadn't conformed anymore to the compound curves of the roof. And I said, well, this isn't working. Even with decal set, I said, this just does not work. So it came off, and I broke out some Scale Motorsports decals and made my own decals, put them on. And it's better than the Revel Germany kit decals, but not as good as I'd hoped. So the model is a nice two-footer, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I, it does look good in the pictures. We'll uh, put some pictures in the show notes if anybody wants to go see those too. Yeah, that works. <laughs> uh, you've vacated uh, some spots on your workbench. What's filling those? Uh, we have the Revell 69 Chevelle is back actively getting worked on, and a certain 1970 Plymouth Roadrunner is also back to the bench because the kit is basically built. It just needs the body to catch up to everything else. The body is now 
completely... Oh, yeah, that didn't even mention that. <laughs> it's completely, it's completely uh, painted to my happiness. And I realized... Well, I realized someone pointed out to me the fact that please don't use the kit decals because the kit hood stripes are too narrow to accurately represent what's on the full-size car. So I googled the full-size car, and what do you know, he was right. Well, he should be right, because he had a 70 Roadrunner some years ago. So, uh, yeah, I said, well, I guess I either got brave or crazy, and I used my... <laughs> well, what little mental capacity I had left to make my... to mask the hood and cut out the thin the thinner pinstripes on on either side of the main hood stripe, and then I proceeded to paint the stripes on with uh, paint decanted paint from a spray can. Wow! What what paint did you use? Uh, it's Tamaya semi gloss black from a spray can, and it went on and took off the tape. And it's not perfect, no, but it's the right size in comparison to what <laughs> in comparison to the kit decals, which were way too narrow. <laughs> I'm I'm very impressed that you went uh, with the so am I <laughs> the uh, the lacquer on top of that. I mean, it, there's certainly a, a, some reasons for doing that. I I tend to if I have to do those kind of things, I chicken out and usually use like an acrylic. Uh, that way, I can always take a you know when when I have any issues, I can take a little bit of a toothpick and scrape off the excess paint. Well, you can do that. You can do that with a lacquer when it's still soft. So, but what do I know? <laughs> yeah, I would. I would be much more concerned going lacquer on lacquer because it. I think that would tend to be a little bit more permanent. Well, it is what it is. <laughs> I did it. I'm happy, and I got away with it. So, <laughs> and uh, John just sent me a picture of it. It looks great, actually. Yeah, and you can. Put that in the show notes if you want. And I will do that. Put that one in the show notes, and uh, you guys all can take a look at that. Uh, our show notes, of course, are on our website, modelcar.show. And if you go to the podcast tab and go to episode, this one is episode six, glues. Which takes us, I guess, to our next topic. Yeah, glues. <laughs> it's going to be a sticky subject, so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was good. You went there. <laughs> Somebody had to. <laughs> oh, okay. You threw me completely off with that one. That's great. <laughs> okay. So, John, I have a picture of the glues you use. Yeah. And, and I have a small picture of a couple of the glues that I use. Yeah. Small, he says, and a couple. <laughs> This is this is half of the fun of this podcast is because if there are ways to do things differently, we found them. This is yeah, this is the one where we really are dramatically different from one another. Yes, uh, most it's... definitely. So <laughs> for for those listeners, again, these pictures will be in the show notes. Uh, John has three glues that he uses for all of his modeling needs. I have one, two, three, four pictures. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait for five minutes while Justin counts. <laughs> yeah, detailing the, you, you know, dozen or more different glues that I may have and use regularly. So um, this could be, as John said, a sticky subject. Um, what, what I figured, uh, because we actually, even though we use different glues, Rather than getting into, as, as we go through it, we'd probably talk about glues in terms of the types of glues and their uses, because a lot of them are similar. 
Um, so the, the first thought that I wanted to talk about was plastic cements, uh, which range everything from the old tube glue, which is actually the, I think the only glue missing from that picture. Uh, I do have a tube. I should have put it on there, but I don't really use it. So, uh, yeah, I have, I have a, one of, it's somebody who's in the Northeast. I forget who makes it right now, but it was about 15 years ago. Ravel was including it within some of their kits. A little bitty tube, I forget. Is that the one that came with, they, they had like a little plastic uh, paintbrush and three paints or something and a tube of glue? I don't recall about the paints, Okay, but I know there were some kits and I'm thinking it was the, like the bullet charger, the, Do the Dodge charger from the movie Bullet and maybe the Bullet Mustang had it. So they were metal bodies, but they had... Uh, plastic parts and I was thinking that they were you know trying to make it easier for oh, right. the movie car collector that if they really wanted to build it well here's your glue <laughs> I think I remember those actually now that's that's testing my memory yeah um, so what what type of plastic cement do you I, I guess the first question is what is plastic cement where do you use plastic cement uh, you know I think we're both of a certain age where we grew up sniffing plastic cement is a whole different story from what it is now. Uh, where do we use it nowadays in building and what are the advantages and disadvantages of it? Uh, you use it, well, I use it for gluing plastic parts together because it is intended to and because of how it works, it creates more than just, for example, glue, gluing, using white glue to glue two pieces of paper together. No, this actually melts and fuses the plastic together which inherently creates, well, about the strongest bond you're going to get between plastic parts. So, yeah, that's <laughs> that's how that works for me. Yeah, uh, very much similar for me. It uh, I use it any sub-assemblies that I'm going to put together first before painting. Uh, I would throw out the big caution that plastic cement and paint are a really, really bad and ugly combination because this the plastic cement, as John said, will melt the plastic, but it'll also do ugly things to paint as well. So I, I generally use plastic cement on engine blocks and components like that that I'm putting together before I paint anything. John, you, you've got uh, the Tamiya super thin cement that you use. Is that correct? Yep, that's the stuff. Greatest greatest uh, liquid cement I've ever used. The super thin, how do you apply that? Well, it comes with a little brush built into the cap, and yeah, that that's exactly it. I, I try to hold the pieces just a slight distance apart, you know, basically not even, say, the thickness of a hair or maybe a sheet of paper, and I will touch the applicator, the, the little brush that's built into the cap, to the area that I want the glue to flow to, and yeah. It flows <laughs> because it's extra thin. It does flow very well. You just need to be a little careful when you get near your fingers. Otherwise, you could get attached to your work. <laughs> I And you also can get the uh, fingerprints because of... Yes, the fingerprints are not nice. <laughs> that That's certainly one of the, the, the challenges with plastic cement is uh, because you, if, if you are touching something that gets the plastic cement the ridges of your fingertips will actually melt into the plastic. And then you end up having to sand those out and, and do some filler work. You just did, you know, you've done your own uh, CSI be <laughs> for the local police department because you fingerprinted yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the the other ones I I use some thin ones. I surprisingly couldn't find my Tamiya cement. I'm not sure what I've done with it, but if anybody ever sees my must have run out. You used it all up. You must have run out. Yeah, because I <laughs> run out of uh, this type of glue a lot. The I I use a 10x 7R, and I think 10x might be discontinued now. Uh, I believe I saw something about that a couple of years ago, but uh, I've still got half a bottle of that. The Ambroid Pro Weld, which is also the same thing, and the Plastrux Plastic Weld. They're, each one of those has a slightly uh, different uh, flow to it. So depending on what it is, what it is, the 10X is probably my more popular one that I would use. Uh, have you ever used... I think it was bare metal foil. They came up with, uh, basically it's a glass pipette that you can, uh, you, it, it's got a, almost a needle on the end of it. You put the needle into the glue, uh, put your thumb over the end, pull it up, and then you can actually touch it to a, a joint that you need. And it will actually, uh, wick into the joint. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Do you, do you know what, uh, part I'm talking about? I know exactly. I know what you're talking about. I have one. I've never used it. It's still brand new in the package. <laughs> a friend grabbed, grabbed one at uh, NNL East a couple of years ago and he said, here, use this. And I was like, okay, but <laughs> so if he hears this, I may get, I may catch heck for this. So, <laughs> so one of the things I, I actually have found that a very specific use case, um, Several, Fujimi is the one that comes to mind. They make a standard kit, let's call it, and then quite often re-release it in three or four different uh, forms. You know, uh, the one I'm thinking of particularly is a Subaru WRX that I did a number of years back. And the Subaru comes so that they can have a tuner version and a street version and a race car version using the same body. But they have different panels, um, you know, like the uh, the rocker panels and the front and things like uh, the, the front and back clip that are different. And the rocker panels are a great place because usually they're just gluing onto the edge of, of, a, of a kit. And so I'm usually gluing those before I paint anything. And that's one of those few places that I don't want to have a brush because I find the brush you end up creating as we talked about those those spaces where your fingers are touching that your things melt too much and you then have to go and correct them i find that a brush uh, can be too thick to wick in especially if you're doing that from a visible side uh, whereas the the little tube uh, will allow the capillary action of the of of the cement to go along that join much cleaner than than a brush would I'll have to, I'll have to, I, I guess I've never run into anything like that. So I've, that's why mine is still new in the package, <laughs> but if I ever do, <laughs> but then again, you see again, the subject matter, what do I build? What do I build? Mostly I build muscle cars. Muscle cars don't have fiddly little things like that. <laughs> yeah. They're, th that's really a, a challenge for, to, or for Jimmy is perhaps the worst for that one. Uh, and I've I've actually taken some kits out of the box, looked at them, put them back in, and said I'll deal with that another time, because of those. But uh, it's a great place for that. And I don't I don't even think I've owned a Fujimi kit, a Fujimi car kit. Oh, oh. Well, there goes our sponsorship from Fujimi. Dang, darn it! But I've got Hasegawa, I've got Tamaya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't use as much of the thin cement as as you do, John. I use. 
the one I really like for engine parts is the Tester's Liquid Cement, the red label, the gelled stuff. And I also use the Humbrol gelled cement as well, mostly because my hobby shop didn't have uh, the, the stuff that I liked in the last time I needed some. Um, have you ever have you ever used that stuff? I uh, used to use the testers a lot, and I have tried the Humbrol. I noticed yours was in your picture shows a green bottle, yellow, no bottle. yellow bottle, yellow bottle. And I'm thinking my the ones I got here were in a blue bottle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've tried them. They they were okay until I discovered the Temai Extra Thin, and then I was like, well, forget everything else. <laughs> I don't want anything else now. <laughs> It's just how it is. <laughs> yeah. I tend to build a little differently. I don't put pre-assemble the parts and, and feed into a crack. With the gelled, what I can do is almost put a line of gel around the edge of... Yeah, you, 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 can, run a, you can run a bead of cement around uh, where you want it to go, and then you just squeeze the parts together, and you're, you're good to go. But, yeah, that works too. Exactly. That's that's usually how I do that with the gelled stuff. And that... That kind of works for me. My my build style is just a little bit different. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with it. Again, like we said, this is the one place where we're similar yet not really. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else to talk about on uh, tube glues and plastic cement? Yeah, the tube glue is what we all grew up with. <laughs> Couldn't get away from that fast enough as an adult, I can tell you that much. Yeah. Oh, how that stuff would string and... Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah. No. The, the next uh, glue that I use quite a bit is epoxies, and, and I don't think you're going to have much to say on this one because I noticed none of your three paints were epoxies. I've used them. My real problem with them, I guess, is, is more related to my nose than anything else. I just don't like the smell of those chemicals at all. Mm-hmm. So as far as I'm concerned, whatever I could do with an epoxy, I'll use a super glue for, or if it requires literal strength, I'll use a white glue or the, the tester's window clear parts meant yeah i i use the epoxies i use a two-part so for those that aren't as familiar with epoxies epoxies are a resin that are a two-part glue Um, you mix a a part a and a part b so one is actually the glue one is a hardener you mix those together and uh, it has a particular setup time some of those can be really really quick and some of those can be uh, quite long so that you have some time to to mix it yeah uh, yeah mix your parts adjust your parts fit those parts together the the ones that i really like to use are a five minute epoxy they work really well for uh suspension components and things like that where you know you want to fit them but still have a little bit of pliability to make sure that you can get all four wheels sitting on the ground uh works really well for those they are time delayed, so they're they're uh, they they won't set up right away like a super glue. There's no a zip kicker or anything to make it pop right away. So you do have to be a little cautious of how you use those. The one thing I do like about the two Parker epoxies is they are somewhat removable. Uh, much like we talked about the acrylic paint earlier, you can actually go in with a, a sharpened um, toothpick and remove any excess drops of epoxy that you get, which is one of the real reasons to use them. Now, there's there's all kinds of epoxy. Some of them are commercially available. You can go down to Home Depot and you can get uh, a two-part epoxy 
or you can go to uh, most good hobby shops will have some as well. One thing that I would caution is to make sure it is good for hobby um, parts. Some of the, res uh, the, the resins do actually come in a yellow color, and those tend to be the easily found versions, the, the, the Home Depot versions. And, and they will color um, the final resin a little bit. So instead of having something that disappears into the background, you have something that has almost an amber color to it. Uh, that's, that's the one challenge is to make sure that you have really clear epoxies. In a use case, as I say, I use them a lot for parts that, uh, spoilers, um, things like that, that I, that need to be a little bit stronger than a clear, a clear glue, but that I want to have a little bit of working time with, and they're the ideal for that. I'm, I'm not convincing John, I'm sure. No, not convincing me. I mean, I, 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 I have a friend who's always said, you have to use epoxy to put a proper lens on your gauges on your dashboards. I'm like, no, I can do quite sufficiently well with my tester's clear parts meant. Thank you very much. <laughs> so <laughs> I've never really found that the epoxy really does anything for me aside from stink up the workbench. I also have a, a really great, well, we'll get down to in our other glue section, uh, another option for that. It's really cool for, for those. But clear glues work just as well. Yep. Which, which brings on to our question, clear glues. Now, a, a clear glue is generally a version of white school glue. Uh, the stuff that you used to, I don't know if other people did, but perhaps <laughs> I may or may not have coated my fingers with it when I was bored in school and then spent the rest of the class peeling those off to see how big of a piece I could get. Did you ever do anything like that? And I thought I was weird. I, yeah, I did that. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't uh, recall eating it, but I know some did. I did. I never ate it. I never ate it, but it was just a fun way to pass a class that I was not interested in. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> what? Uh, I know you've got a white glue in there. Which white glue do you use and what do you use it for? Uh, I use the Tester's Clear Part Cement and Window Maker for gluing in windows and... Some most of the time, actually, I'll use it for photo etch too. Believe it or not, <laughs> because photo etch itself is not—it's not very thick, it's not very heavy, so thus it doesn't need the joint doesn't need much shrink, and I've yet to lose anything that was ever anything small that was ever glued on with with uh, clear part cement. It also gets used sometimes for, in the case of the the uh, McLaren we talked about earlier, it's what's holding the uh, the passenger's door on, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Probably I shouldn't use that. I probably should have used super glue on that one, but it worked. <laughs> it hasn't come off yet. <laughs> <coughs> epoxy. Yes, yes. You you and your epoxy, but <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's that's impressive. I don't know if I would have... Uh, uh, the, the door in question is... Uh, what is it? A suicide door where it goes straight up and it's hanging at about a 45 degree angle. So I'm not sure I would have left a white glue there, but uh, no, 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 no. I said the passenger's door. Oh, the passenger's passenger door where it's glued down. Okay. Yeah. The driver's door that is on with super glue. <laughs> uh, okay. That's that. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I do like the testers. Uh, I think they call it a uh, clear window maker, right? Yeah. Clear parts meant window maker, whatever. Yep. Uh, they used to be made by, 
super scale, micro scale, micro scale. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, micro scale. Have their own yeah, version. micro scale. I have I have one of theirs, uh, micro crystal clear. Yep. Uh, which is basically same the same thing. Yeah. Um, and I think the Tamiya Craft Bond is also very similar to that as well. Yeah, I, I'd never even known that they'd made that till I saw it in your picture. I was like, what, Tamiya makes a uh, white glue? Darn, didn't know that. The other thing that I didn't actually put down on here uh, that I do use occasionally, uh, I, and I thought about it when you said you use uh, what, what you use for Photo Etch. Uh, for Photo Etch, I'll quite often use uh, clear acrylic Tamiya paint. Uh, which works really well as as well for that. You just paint. I've heard it. I've just never tried that idea. It's one of those ideas. A small drop of of clear on the back of a piece of. So what I would do is tape tape the photo etch into position, uh, with with a piece of sellotape, lift it up, put a drop of uh, of of clear paint on the back of it, and then lay it down, and then slowly pull the the tape away, and that can work fairly well as well. Again, with your your advantage of that, that you can pull it uh, apart. It's it's a little thinner than the clear. Uh, the clear glue tends to be a little bit thicker. The paint tends to be a little thinner, and because it's acrylic, you can also uh, if you get any extras anywhere that you don't want, you can generally take um, uh, a cotton swab. Yep. Yeah, and, and clean that off. Uh, but again, like John, I I do use that quite a bit, and I use it for. Uh, quite a lot of exterior assembly, anything that's chrome that I don't want to risk uh, fogging with a super glue, I will tend to use the clear glues as well Yeah. if I don't want to break out and go to the trouble of epoxy. How do, how do you apply the, the clear glue? Um, <laughs> I know it comes in the little black bottle with the squeezy, the squeezy thing and the little tiny nozzle at the end. Do you use that or? Yeah, yeah that's exactly what I use. <laughs> believe it or not <laughs> and then, like you said it's it's acrylic based itself so if you if there's too much it comes right off real easy with a cotton swab so one of the things i should have mentioned that i do for epoxy is i'll actually apply that um i use i i make a collection of i go through the my wife's recycling and Anything that looks like it's got a plastic lid from yogurt to uh, butter, <laughs> I'll take those off and clean those up and use those um, to decant and put my epoxies on. So it's just a, a cheap plastic disposable lid. Uh, I'll mix my epoxies on those. When they get hardened, you just throw them away. And then I'll tend to put those either with the tip of a toothpick. I'll apply them with the tip of a toothpick. Or in my case, I actually tend to have uh, some music wire, thicker music wire that I use. And that allows me to get a very, very fine, small dot of, of epoxy or cement into the spot that I need it to be. And then I can assemble and go from there. Yep, that works. And then we both use super glues, which is everybody's favorite thing to, yes. to use. Oh, yeah. Well... Not always. I only started using super glue, well, we should say about 10 years ago, I guess. That's I think that's about the point where I gave up on epoxies because I found the super glue that I saw a friend using at, at a model show, believe it or not. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> if he uses it, I can use it. <laughs> so I made sure I, of course, you know, I got home from the show and the next day went to the store and got exactly what he had. So, <laughs> and I've yet to have problems with it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, super glue is, if you're an impatient modeler, it is 
important to have if you don't want to wait for glues to to set up you know five minutes for an epoxy super glue is perfect and even if it's not going quick enough you can also uh spray a thing called zip kicker on it uh well, you don't have to spray or, it. or or wick it onto there yeah wick it onto it that's right <laughs> i have a special little micro brush that i use exclusively for putting on the zip kicker so the one caution if you do go for a micro brush is make sure you don't glue the bristles into the glue Yes. <laughs> there, I've been using the same micro brush for so long that it no longer has any bristles. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so essentially, basically, it's a glorified pin, which is perfect. That works. <laughs> Do you use uh, a thick super glue as well, right? I use a thick, but I also have a, a regular viscosity one. Not, you know, you say thick or thin. Well, there's there's thin there's stuff that runs faster than water, and no, I won't touch that. <laughs> yeah, that can that can be sort of really challenging. So I have what? Oh. Uh, there, there, I I have some of those, and they're actually uh, neat to use in um, cases where something's not fitting particularly well, and you need it to get into uh, a particular part and hold it well. Uh, we were talking before the show about a Fujimi, speaking of Fujimi kits, a McLaren F1 that I built a couple of years ago that had the, the, the doors that folded up, but unfortunately wouldn't sit straight when they were down. And the thin super glue was absolutely perfect for that because I could flow it in under uh, the door to actually hold it uh, and lock it down very, very quickly with the minimum of of stress on the on the door hinges, so those those are some of the places that I will use that. Uh, if you do use a super glue, uh, from my experience, you also need to have a debonder on the bench. Okay, you're gonna pardon me. Pardon me while I rap very hard on my bench on my desk. I don't have any debonder, and I've never needed it. So again, I probably jinxed myself several times over by saying that. But <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> okay, so you're you're probably a little more patient than I am. I recall one evening when uh, I was in a hurry to glue something together, and I'm holding the model with one hand, and I'm trying to get my glue with the other. And you know, like any great modeler, uh, my I've got one hand that I've got the glue in. I've got one hand holding the model. And I needed to take the lid off. So I, of course, put it between my teeth and pulled pulled the lid off. Okay. I'm not guilty. I'm not the only one guilty of that. <laughs> uh, Use the glue. Uh, finished, the, finished the glue quite nicely and then went to put the lid back on the super glue and realized that I had glued the lid to my lip. Oh, I've never done that. <laughs> It was uh, it was an American Pie moment, and that was a, a, a you know at realizing uh, how painful that was, even with a debonder in the house, because you you kind of have to work on a little bit at a time. Um, yeah, it was good God terribly embarrassing. That, that would pale. That would that that would make uh, ripping a bandaid off a hairy arm pale in comparison. <laughs> yeah, I had a few choice words for myself on that one. Oh yeah, and you had nobody else to blame either. <laughs> So hopefully there's a lesson oh, in God. there for people. <laughs> yes, be, the ho hobbies are great. Building scale models is lots of fun, but don't get glued to your glue. 
<laughs> the other thing. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'm going to be chuckling about this for a while. If if we're talking about uh, accidents on the workbench. Oh, dear. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, John. The, the other thing that you can do with superglue, I don't know if you knew this, John. Actually, before you finish that, yes, actually, I do know this because the history of superglue is, is it was developed to help combat surgeons. So... <laughs> yeah, if you cut yourself and don't want to run to the to the emergency room, yeah, a little bit of super glue where you cut yourself, be, being sure to remove the knife beforehand. <laughs> yeah, you know those little nicks that you get that just are enough to bleed, and you, if you're in the middle of a building session and you don't want a big Band-Aid, you know, particularly on, it, it always seems to be on my index fingers, the ones that I need that I tend to just nick. Yep. Just enough so it's bleeding, but not enough that I need to go to emergency. But you don't want to stop and apply pressure for two minutes. <laughs> Been there, done that, but <laughs> not from modeling. But uh... Yeah, Zappagap works really, really well for allowing you to get back in the game yep. really, really quickly. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've just lost all credibility as modelers, John. <laughs> Maybe we have, but it might also make for a great show some at some point in the future. <laughs> Modeling accents. <laughs> Do what we tell you, not what we did. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I think we could have some great guests and some feedback for that. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to have somebody a certain person in for that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, if you're using superglues, back on topic. Uh, do you use micro balloons at all? No, I've never actually. I. I'm going to say I've never seen them, but it's quite possible that they are at my local hobby shop. It's just I've never paid attention to them. Mm -hmm. So I'll say I've never seen it. <laughs> so micro balloons, I believe they're little glass. They're, they're really, really tiny sand type um, thickeners for super glue. Uh, they're ideal if you are building resin and you have pinholes that you want to fill, or you have a pinhole that you want to fill with a superglue um, that is just too, too thick that you can, for, for normal ways that you want to do that. Um, you can mix it with a little bit of superglue and then use it, basically as it, it turns the superglue into a thicker filler, uh, and you avoid having any shrinkage or anything like that because it is, it is a filler. Uh, it's a solid filler. Uh, they work really good. As I say, I use them in resin because obviously you can't use a a lot of traditional fillers on resin. Uh, well, that that's an that's a topic for another for a for another episode because anytime I've ever used resin, I will use my trusty old Tamaya body putty, and I have no problems filling uh, pinholes or anything okay. like that. I I tend to use a super glue and the micro balloons for those types of things, uh, just because I've. Like I said, another another episode. Another episode, okay. <laughs> uh, micro balloons are also a really good way to adjust the thickness, basically, of your super glue if you want to use it for different things. So it's out there. It's a good product to have, at least have on the bench um, to fill it up and not be quite as minimalist as John. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll go there, but... What, what brand of super glue do you use, John? As per the picture, I use the uh, Lapage, uh, what is it, Lapage uh, gel, I know it's a gel, Lapage <laughs> Ultra Gel in their special ultra control bottle, if you will, it's, it has, you had there's two handles, if you will, they're more like squeeze handles, and it really allows you to put only 
one little drop where you want it. And like I said, when I when I discovered that or was shown it by a friend, I said, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> so for us non-French speaking people, that would be Le Page. Le Page, yes, that, that is right. But <laughs> <laughs> if, if it was a company that was founded in your part of Canada, I would have said Le Page. But because I know it's from here in Quebec, I know that Le Page was, was founded here in Quebec, I use the French proper French pronunciation. Yes, I, 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 I'm this side of the Rockies, and we've got no clue how to pronounce things. Uh, are those teeth marks that I see on the cap there, John? Well, I told you I've been known to do it the same way as you do, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just my aim is very good at putting putting the bottle back into the cap. Uh, LePage, is that uh, hardware store stuff, or is that model, model stuff? Uh, it's hardware department store stuff. I've gotten it at Zeller's. I've gotten it at Walmart. I've gotten it at Canadian Tire. Heck, I'll buy it wherever I see it, so long as it's a good price. <laughs> I cannot say I've seen it at my hobby shop. Yeah, I've, I've never actually seen that brand before. I, maybe that's why it's it's pronounced differently and they can't sell it out here or something. <laughs> well, the, the instructions are English and French on, on the bottle, so you, they should be able to sell it in your part of the world. <laughs> uh, I tend to use uh, the Zappagat brand. That's the one that I have the yep. most luck with. At the hobby shop. Uh, at the uh, the hobby shops, uh, it's probably three times the price as the one that you use. But uh, uh, mine is I, actually kind of expensive. It's ten or twelve dollars for that bottle, uh, but oh, it will okay. last me well years. Pardon me. That's the only the second or third bottle that I've had in in ten years. So, wow. Yeah. Do you find do you find that that ever dries up or does that stay again? No, I, I can't say that. I've had little problems with that. I know I've had a bottle of the Zappagap and that I believe, yeah, that had that had hardened on me. But the Lepage, 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 whatever you want to call it, I've yet to experience that problem with it. <laughs> uh, I have heard that the best way to actually store superglue is in the fridge. Um, if I've you, heard that, if you are married, that may be something you may have a challenge with. Yeah. Mine does not get stored in the fridge. I have considered buying a beer, a separate beer fridge just for, well, beer and <laughs> super glue. Uh, that has not gone over well in my family. So good luck to you if you've got better options than I do. <laughs> I'm single, but I just can't. I'd have to run, go the length of the house twice from the hot, from the workshop to the kitchen and back just to use the super glue. And it's like, no, 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 that's not going to work. I guess I'm too lazy. <laughs> it kind of takes away the advantage of a super glue, which is uh, an instant fitting um, glue. Yeah, that's it. When you have to, you know, run to the kitchen. Yep, that doesn't work. That's why, that's why you need the beer fridge under your bench. <laughs> Except, of course, I don't drink beer. So, you see, there's a problem with that idea. Ah. <sighs> Oh boy, we we have to ship good beer across the Rockies too. Oh boy, we have to talk. You have to talk to me. <laughs> okay, we're that's another topic. Boy, we're we're just creating topics left and right. All right, uh, miscellaneous other glues. I know you didn't have anything. Uh, I or at least that you wanted to share. Is there any other glues that you use occasionally that might be interesting? Eileen's Crafters Touch or something like that. Eileen's to a tacky glue, super tacky glue. It's a white glue and. It works. I forget why I had it. I forget what I used it for. But it does work. I just... I'm trying. I look... 
took a quick look around for the bottle of stuff and couldn't find it. So, well, it's around here somewhere. <laughs> I was hiding with my uh, Tamiya super thin cement. Yeah, it must be. It's photo. <laughs> it's photo. It doesn't want to get its photo taken today. So, have you ever tried the GS Hypo cement? That's uh, watchmaker's uh, cement. Yeah, I've seen it in the Micromark catalog, but just never plunked down my money anytime I've ordered from Micromark. So. It, it comes in a little squeeze tube. Um, I don't use it. Uh, I've used it for some photo etch details and for assembling photo etch. Like if you have um, multiple photo etch parts that fit together, it's great for those kind of things. Oh, yeah. Because it, sure. it doesn't, <laughs> um, it, it, it's a little easier to control uh, as, a, as a gelled one than some of the white glues. Uh, it, it's kind of expensive for what it is. And, uh, even though there was a lot of hype about it, it, it didn't knock me out as, as much as I was hoping. So I'm, I'm still on my first, uh, tube of that. And, uh, I, I still have a ways to go. It's a very small tube for what it is. It's expensive as well. I think it was, uh, Amazon for 12 bucks or something like that. And it took a while yeah, for I it forgot, to get yeah. here. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing I do sometimes uh, for fitting things together is temporary holding uh, using like a micro liquid tape or something else I have uh, from a craft store called Crafter's Pick. Uh, again, quite often if I want to put things together, fit the... Two glues to do the job that one other would do for you. Yes, I know. <laughs> but these clean a little bit better than the clear stuff do. Uh, and they're... You know, I use them basically for mock-ups where I just want to temporarily hold things in place without getting breaking out, um, you know, more difficult ways of going there or more difficult ways of cleaning well, it. You assemble the parts together with Tester's clear part cement. That's that's what I do when I need something to to hold its position while I paint. For example, I've done it before on suspensions. I've glued a rear suspension together. It, I don't know now. I know I've used it for something where I glued the parts together with the clear part cement, spray-painted something, and then took it all apart afterwards and, you know, detailed whatever I, whatever I had to, put it back together with regular Temai Extra Thin, and I was very happy. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't... I, I guess the the clear part cement, I, it, it can be used the same way. Um, the, micro, the micro liquid tape tends to uh, stay tacky rather than hardening, but, yeah, either one of those will work. Uh, the other thing that I did mention we, we or did bring bring into the the pictures here is a product from, uh, it, it actually comes from a crafting store. It's called Simply Stamped, and it's actually a clear and glossy glue uh, and finish that I use for decals, uh, particularly on the dashboards. It works very well for both the decal and also for, uh, you know, particularly one of those decals that uh, you just cut out and, and install rather than actually, um, uh, install, you know, doing the, the, the water on. Uh, it works very well because it's also really good, clear, and super glossy, uh, which, you know, you can either use the paint or John's favorite, the uh, test is clear. Yeah, John's favorite. His go-to glue. His go-to glue. <laughs> uh, you know, why have one product when you can have three or four that do exactly the same thing but are just more ways to to play with toys? More, <clears throat> more ways to spend your money, too. Yes, well. <laughs> uh, having things makes me feel good. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> you could have more plastic. 
Uh, do you remember the previous conversation about me finding places to hide things? Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, you don't have any more place to hide stuff unless it's very small and fits in your pocket. Uh, glues tend to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I Imagine that. <laughs> and, and that really oh, uh, sums up our, our gluing. I think we held it together. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. We, we held it together mostly for that topic. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, God. There's a few groaners on this. <laughs> uh, anything else you wanted to add to our glue conversation, John? Before we debond it and go up. <laughs> no, I don't. I think... <laughs> Yeah, I think we're going to debond it before we get into too much more trouble with this. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll put we'll put the cap on it. And... <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Jeez. Okay. I must be in a rare mood today. <laughs> yes. Oh boy! And anybody that's wondering oh. what time we're recording this and why we're so strange uh we are actually recording this on a sunday morning so it is not that we have been into the beer fridge or anything Ahem. it's not a sunday morning here oh, but that's right sunday afternoon <laughs> it's still sunday morning my time yep all right um closing shout outs uh i wanted to thank a couple of guys that have reached out to us on instagram um user handles ferrari 642 which i believe was a racing ferrari model if i'm not mistaken and scale cars 410 both of those supportive uh, comments wanting to listen to the to the show and really appreciate it. so thanks guys really appreciate your support uh i don't have anything else for today john any other closing shout outs or anything you wanted to bring up uh no not today no 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 no, no. i almost gave something away earlier and nope <laughs> <laughs> that's bad enough <laughs> all right in that case uh we will wrap up the show you can find us our podcast is on our website at modelcar.show we are on instagram and twitter at at model car podcast and you can also find us on facebook under the same model car podcast until next time i'm justin signing off say goodbye john Goodbye, John. This has become a challenge. This is like, okay, I need to do this. Now. That's right. It's laughing at me. I'm not going to be laughed at. <laughs> That's exactly what, I, what, what it came to, man. <laughs>